Not a single, not a double, but a triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Podcast with Ryan Gregory and Devin Voss, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. podcast i am your co-host ryan gregory kicking it off today again thought you'd throw you know another curveball with me today as always is the lovely uh devin voss devin how you doing buddy doing doing just great uh gotta power through the west coast today oh yeah we've been we've been avoiding this one a little bit there's not a ton to hit <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna skip around a little bit we're not gonna you know we're not gonna waste your time spending 15 minutes talking about how shitty Colorado state or New Mexico is going to be this season. (laughs) And we, you don't, you don't need to hear any more about how Colorado is still rebuilding. So like there'll be some brief, like, Hey, they're probably going to go like two and tens here. We're going to, we're going to mainly focus today on the big, on the big boys, the guys that are going to be competing for, you know, competing for their divisions and their conferences. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. So when you're talking Mountain West, and so we'll start with the little guys here on the West Coast, the Mountain West. When you talk Mountain West, you talk Boise. It's, it's, it's just where you start. The, yep. the, the fight in blue, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Broncos, the murder Smurfs, however you choose to look at them. Uh, Hank Bachmar is back on this offense. And, you know, Boise still led the conference in scoring last year at 33 points a game. But, like, that's just the Mountain West. It's it's not that hard to, you know, lead it. Um, but Boise has long been the the standard for offensive production in this in this league. Do you think they keep that up this season? Even with, you know, last year you could say that they weren't great due to, you know, the, the myriad of injuries at, at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, uh, as you point out, quarterback's kind of the biggest thing this year. Obviously, Hank Bachmeyer's back, but uh, Jack Sears is also there as well. So, I mean... I, I oh, like, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. He was, a, I mean, he was a USC transfer. No matter who ends up, you know, playing for them, they're, they're going to do quite well. I mean, they got talent all around them. Um, plus George Holon- uh, Holani is back um, to help that rush offense, which was, which was really bad last year. Ring blast in the Mountain West. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, they, they bring back most of their O-line. They, they still have um, Khalil Shakir out at receiver like it, it gets boring talking about Boise year to year uh, on these previews because they're just so damn solid I mean while there is minor regression that comes obviously like with any program Boise just keeps it up they have that standard but bringing in a defensive minded head coach this year with Andy Avalos uh, formerly of Oregon their defensive coordinator but you know former Bronco so he, he gets how it goes there are we, are we going to see somehow even better defensive pr- production from the Broncos? I mean, like that's as, as fun as they've been on offense, they've been steady as a rock on defense as well. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, the Broncos allowed 27.1 points a game in 2020, which was the highest mark for the program since joining Mountain West. Now, oh yeah. Avalos was an inspired higher than. Yeah. And, but, but let's, let's think about that real quick. 27 points a game is the highest they've ever allowed 
since being in the Mountain West. Some teams would die to hold teams to 27 points oh, a game. Yeah, especially <laughs> in the group of five. They're like, yeah. we'd win every fucking game <laughs> if we could hold teams to 27 points a game. Yeah. Um, there's obviously, uh, you know, a couple holes to patch. But uh, overall, I, I think that this is going to be uh, – yeah, I think this is going to be a fine defensive group. They're going to probably uh, improve a little bit upon what you know they had last season going. Um, Dimitri Washington potentially returning from knee injury should give you know a little bit of a boost to the pass rush. Uh, really, the only thing I worry about with them is their uh, backfield because both of their cornerbacks need to be replaced. Yeah, it always hurts in the group of five to lose two starters at the same position in one year. But I mean, like life we said, if anyone can reload, it's Boise. They recruit that that West Coast so well. Um, but they, they have solid safeties coming back. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't worry too much. I think they're gonna have a really good pass rush this year, which is pretty hard to stop in the group of five. So yeah, I, I think Boise's set for a little bit of a bounce back this year. I haven't looked at their schedule. Are they? Are they do yeah, they have any so murder games. I do have a scheduled note because there are some big ones um they're going to ucf um oh yeah that's right i remember that they're also hosting oklahoma state and going to byu so it's going to be a fairly oh, wow. difficult season this year yeah they loaded it up this year jesus yeah uh well it's it's boise you know everything <laughs> out of out of conference you know they'll they'll probably Compete. you see them winning that ucf game I don't know. I think UCF's going to be a different animal this year, man. I, I yeah, really I th- do. I think UCF's going to be end up be- being better than them, but I think they'll be very competent in that Oklahoma State game. Yeah, I agree. I could I could see that one going in their and, favor easy. And BYU because we have yet to do BYU because I mean we haven't got to the independence, but uh, how do they you know fare without Zach Wilson? Yeah, I, I, my guess would be not well. Yeah, <laughs> they lost that, that would their, be good. their whole O line as well. They bring back their running backs as a fun name that escapes me, but we're, we're not doing BYU right now. We're doing the mountain West. So, yep. you know, boy, Boise known commodity, but then let, let's talk about who stepped up in Boise's absence last year to win the conference. San Jose state, the Spartans yeah. were a doormat as recently as like <laughs> three or four years ago. Then Brett, Brent Brandon's done a great job out there. Yeah. Uh, just specifically in the last two years, because like his, he's in his fifth year, which you could have fooled me. I would have thought it was like maybe two, but mm-hmm. he he got half of his total wins at San Jose State last year. He, he's currently got a, a school record of fifteen and thirty, and he won. <laughs> he went se- he went seven and one last year. So it's it, it was a a minor miracle. It was them <laughs> stepping up when, when the door was left open by Boise, having a bit of a down year, but I mean, they averaged 431 yards of offense a game. I yeah, mean, this was no joke. Yeah. Are, are we seeing that same production coming back for San Jose or, or are we going to see a new look and they're going to have to try and find that magic again with different guys? No, absolutely. This offense is going to be uh, just as powerful. I mean, you know, you guessed it 12 year, 12-year vet Nick Starkle's back at it again. God um, damn, how is he allowed to come back? <laughs> um, uh, they got two of the best running backs in the conference, Tyler Nevins and uh, uh, Kerry Robinson, plus uh, 
they did lose uh, Bailey Gaither and Trey Walker at wideout, but they they also have Isaiah Hamilton, uh, tight end Derek Deese Jr. So uh, there's plenty of options on this offense. I, I really don't see them taking much of a step back at all. Yeah, it, it's a it's a super big help to have Starkle back. I mean, quarterback continuity is half the battle when you're trying to maintain offensive production in the group of five. And they bring back all five of their offensive linemen. So yeah. where, where there may be a, a regression because of the loss of some, you know, pretty solid receivers, I think it'll it'll be marginal. I mean, I, I think that def- that offense, sorry, rather, is um, is, is still in, in good shape. But that defense last year was, was what got them going places. They only allowed 20 points a game and, a, and 346 yards a game. I mean... Yeah. They they got shredded by Ball State in that bowl game, but like San Jose had been kind of marred by a COVID outbreak. But True. Whew, whew. yeah, and and they returned ten of them. Ten of them yeah. are all back. This is going to be just as good of a defensive team as they were last year. Yeah, their their two edge rushers, Cade Hall and Viliami Fihoko, are both back, and they combined for sixteen sacks last season. <laughs> that is a bananas duo to have. <laughs> Yeah, and you know San Jose State, like that just doesn't happen. They get their lead, their leading tackle tackler back in Kyle Harmon. Like th- they lose Trey Webb from the from their safety position, but like beyond that, it looks like they're reloaded on defense too. I mean, do we do we think the Spartans got what they have or have what it takes to a uh, to hang with good old Boise again this season? Maybe even win the conference again? Yeah, I think it's it's totally uh, acceptable. I mean, uh, really. You know, at least in their own division, they're really only primarily competing with Nevada. Uh, Fresno is just like a step below them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And I really got to give, you know, their defensive coordinator, Derek Odom, a lot of credit because, I mean, as you said, I mean, this team was basically a doormat and it's been turned into just suddenly out of nowhere a power, a power in the power five. Uh, or sorry, group of five. So it's, I, I feel like it's kind of interesting to see San Jose uh, state rise like this. And I'm curious how it, how it continues on. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll really see what San Jose is all about week two for them when they make a trip to USC. Oh yeah. September 4th taking on USC. I think that'll be a really good test for them. And like they dodge Boise and uh, cross conference play. Like you said, they have to beat Nevada at Nevada, which will be tough. They have, but they get they get Fresno at home, they get Wyoming at home, they get San Diego State at home. Like, if there was a year for San or San Jose, did I say San Diego or San Jose? No, you said San Jose. You're good. No, no, but like they they get San Diego. At oh home. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said San Diego. Sorry. Okay, cool. I I got a little ahead of myself there. So the the schedule shakes out nicely as well. So. I, I think that San Jose would be a pretty pretty good pick to at least get back to the championship this year and probably put another good fight in the Boise. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Yeah, I mean, who who would have thought old San Jose <laughs> figuring it out? But as as we just mentioned, probably their biggest competition and in in their side of the of the conference and you know an, another dark horse, well probably not a dark horse anymore. Everyone's talking yeah. about their, their quarterback and receiver tandem, but Nevada, the Wolf Pack. Talk to him about Carson Strong, Devin. You like the kid? 
Don't like the kid. <laughs> oh, I love Carson Strong, man. He's 27 TDs in a sh- <laughs> relatively short campaign last year. Uh, dude's got weapons galore. Uh, I don't know how Nevada keeps finding these quarterbacks. It's it's completely beyond me, but uh, all power to them, man. They, they're just <laughs> – they're on a roll right now. Yeah, so like the tandem I was talking about, Carson Strong, Romeo Dubs, it is it is a an unfair <laughs> thrower and catcher yeah. combination to be playing against teams like Colorado State. Dubs, of course, over a thousand yards last last year, averaged over seventeen yards per catch. They have a great vertical threat tight end and Cole Turner. Like it is, it is very hard to to hang with Nevada when it comes to them throwing the ball. I mean, they they bring back their whole offensive line and. Who, who cares about the running game when you can throw it like that? I mean, Jay Norvell has done such such a great job of building up this Nevada offense. Like, like you said, so many weapons. It 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 seems unfair. Um, but yeah, I, I think they go only as far as their defense allows them to. And do you think their defense is going to allow them to go very far? That's a great question. Um, to be fair, uh, Brian Ward is. You know, the defensive coordinators created like a complete revelation out of this defense because uh, last team, they limited teams to 23 points a game, which uh, was down from 31.9 the year before. It's just pretty big jump. Um, and they're bringing, uh, I mean, they got a whole bunch of people up front. They got Lawson Hill um, and a bunch of transfers in the secondary. Uh, really, I feel like it's up to the secondary here for uh, Nevada because uh, that's kind of where the question marks lie. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, they're, they're bringing in an entire new group out of the transfer portal. So they're kind of just, you know, throwing stuff together. It makes me question. Yeah, it's it's going to take some immediate chemistry for Nevada to have to be able to capitalize off of their great offense this year. They're bringing in two corners, one from South Florida, one from Wake. <laughs> that that need to come in and like be playmakers right now because like you said they're they're just fine up front like Lawson Hall's great Don Peterson's great like th- they'll have solid pass rush and they'll be able to stuff run but like the Mountain West can can throw the ball o- yeah. among the b- the best of them when it comes to the the group of 5 and so if um Assessima and Sanders don't you know assimilate quickly over there it it, it could get ugly Nevada wasn't terrible on defense last year but like if those corners don't click early we could we could be seeing the wheels kind of fall off early for a Nevada team that has a lot of preseason hype thanks to its quarterback (laughs) got a point there (laughs) big week one test with a a trip to Cal for Nevada that's a winnable game oh that's definitely a winnable game but like yeah that defense gets after it. They're not going to be able to just boat race them. Oh, no. So I, I think it'll be a really good test for, like, what do, what do you do when the adversity steps up and you're not just dunking on, you know, New Mexico and scoring <laughs> yeah. a million points whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah, outside of that, Nevada's going to travel to Boise, to Fresno, Man. to San Diego. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's not a great shakeout for the schedule. And so it, it, it's a tough road for Nevada. That's why I, I would give San Jose the nod. I mean, San Jose has at least a competent quarterback and fun options on offense and defense that 
kind of make me lean them. Yeah. For the, for the West division. All right. And so it wouldn't be the triple option pass podcast. If, (laughs) if we didn't talk about our, our beloved sweethearts over there, our West coast holding it down with the triple (laughs) air force, you know, we got to talk about them. Falcons, Troy Calhoun going into 15 years. At Air Congrats. Force. Congrats. You, you could have fooled me. You could have told me it was like six. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. He's just been <laughs> out there doing his thing, running the triple for 15 years now. I mean, they don't have the same outstanding weapon at quarterback anymore. I've, no. I forget the kid's name now, but he got kicked off the team. Donald Hammond. Like, yeah, that's right. It was Hammond. And so uh, a lot of question marks on the offense this, this year, but like, like we always say with our triple teams, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the triple. They, they led the nation in rushing yards a game last year with 306. And usually we talk about air force as like the, the, the fun variant of the academies that like, well, yeah, they're not afraid to throw it. They'll, they'll throw it sometimes. Like last year, they just buckled down and said, we're running the damn ball. (laughs) How how do you feel about our, our darling Falcons this year? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, that's because a lot of what it came down to was Zeke Daniels, uh, you know, kind of getting thrown under, you know, kind of a, in a sudden position to take over at quarterback. Um, yep. He wasn't the best quarterback. Um, he only ran for almost 300 yards. Um, I mean, 300 yards, 433 yards passing uh, in only six games. So I guess it's not it's not terrible, but a lot of it's leaning on his shoulders this season as to uh, if this team can improve. Uh, Brad Roberts in the backfield is solid uh, at 461 yards last year. The even fullback, there, the fullback <laughs> led the team in rushing. That's why we love Air Force. That's why we love Air Force. Yeah, and uh, uh, Kyle Patterson and Brandon Lewis, uh, as far as pass catchers go, they, they make for some good options in the passing game. So uh, they're they're replacing all five starters up front, which is a little bit worrisome, but uh, outside of that, I would expect a bounce back. Yeah. That's, that's always the concern with air force. I mean, there's such turnover just cause it's an Academy, you know, but yeah. that, that was my biggest sticking point with this offense. Cause like you know, they have guys, they're always going to have guys that can run the ball, but the fact that they're breaking in an entirely new O line is all is always scary, but you know, it, th- that's a, a point that gets over overstated in triple offenses because half the time these guys are just cut blocking anyways. Like I can be <laughs> yeah. a corpse and get in the way too. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, it's not, it's not the end of the world, but yeah, re- replacing eight on offense and re- replacing a, a bunch on defense too. Like there, there's, yeah. there, there were, there were a lot of guys that opted out last year for Air Force that are coming back. So there's like this weird mix of like needing to break guys in with needing to get guys back up to speed. Like the de- the defense is going to be a weird a weird situation outside uh, outside of the secondary. I think the secondary is actually going to be pretty solid. Uh, what, what are you thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, uh, so crazy enough, all of their key players basically opted out last season, as you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still led the Mountain West in scoring defense, still limited teams to five yards of play, and only let one team score 17 points or more on them. That was Boise State. Uh, 
And he's hard to score when he can never touch the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get a point. But <laughs> uh, Angie returning, as you said, a lot of the guys that opted out. So cornerback uh, Trey Bug and defensive lineman Christopher Herrera. Uh, there's so many, so many pieces coming back that I, I think truly bringing those guys back from that 11 and two amazing like top 25 defense uh, that should do them a lot of good, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. I- it's natural to worry about just like the rust that comes with, you know, taking a year off and the replacements that they're going to make. But like overall, the secondary is going to be great. Demonte Meeks is a, as an animal at linebacker. Yeah. Like they're, I wouldn't expect them to be like, you know, holding teams to a 15 point average again, but you know, it's certainly going to help the offense out a lot that I I think the air force defense is going to be good. They're going to be serviceable. It'll, it'll be a point that Air Force, Air Force can kind of fall back on if the offense starts starts looking a little shaky. Yeah, do you think, you think Air Force uh, improves from 500 of last year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, mean, I if, know if, it was only six games, but I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, you just got to look at the early portion of their schedule. Like, they're winning their Lafayette game week one. Um, Navy could go either way. I would probably lead or lean Air Force right now. Navy's Navy's in some trouble. <laughs> yeah, Navy's not looking too good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I would take I would take Air Force on that just based on their defensive prowess alone. They're gonna shit house Utah State. Um like Florida Atlantic, take your pick. New Mexico, easy win. And like they'll probably beat Army this year. I think they're the best I think Air Force is the best service academy this year. They'll beat Colorado State, they'll beat UNLV. I th- I think they'll they're they're an, an easy pick for a bowl team at least this year. I think they get over yeah, they get over six. I think pretty pretty handily. I don't think they're winning the conference or anything. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of teams that are better, but there's but I I think that they'll be improved. Certainly, that's that's fair. Yeah, I think they're they definitely should be bowled out. Oh, for sure. And another team that we're kind of keeping our eyes on here in the Mountain West. Shocking, just based on their geography, that they're a team that we need to keep talking about. Wyoming, former I, home of, uh, of Josh <laughs> Allen. Yeah, uh, what you said <laughs> times a hundred. Yeah, we, they they keep performing well because those goddamn defenses. They just keep fucking making these world beaters. <laughs> Craig Bull knows what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, offensively, it's, 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 it's Wyoming. They're going to run, they're going to run the ball a lot and they're going to just try and slobber knock you. They're just, I've heard it. I've heard them compared to kind of a Western Wisconsin before. And I don't hate the comp like (laughs) that. Their Josh Allen era was a bit, bit of a, you know, use what we can, but the quarterback matters little. In in the in the Wyoming offense, I mean, Levi Williams is is who's going to be their quarterback, and in his career, he's hit less than fifty percent of his passes, one touchdown and three picks. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, all all three quarterbacks last season, I think, only threw for forty seven percent or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the the quarterbacks are going to fucking suck. <laughs> but their their running game is incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have two some of the best running backs in in the Mountain West, and uh, I don't even know. 
Xavian, Xavian, I think it's Xavian. I think the XA is silent. Uh, Valaday and Trey Smith are two great uh, running backs who um, should be able to to pile drive a lot of <laughs> a lot of defenses, especially with uh, a good experienced O line to uh, run behind. So, uh, yeah, I mean, as you said, I think it's just going to be the status quo on offense for Wyoming this year. It's going to be a lot of a lot of running. Uh, two quarterbacks you can't really throw the ball, so just keep handing that bad boy off. Yeah, for all you listening at home, go ahead and try and look up Xavier Valade's name and try and spell it correctly. I bet you $100 you will not get it on the first try. <laughs> yeah, it's so confusing. And, like, the defense last year it was their bread and butter, and it's why we have yeah. to keep talking about them. 16th in the nation last year and only allowed 21 points a game. Like, just truly outstanding. Held four of six teams to less than 17 points. Like, and they're getting all 11 starters back. <laughs> Wyoming is going to be an absolute fucking menace on defense. Is yeah. there anything that we need to like keep our eye on as like a potential weakness for them? Because like so no. much of their defense is just a strength. No, all three levels are solid. And to add to what they did last year, they're they're bringing back Solomon Bird, uh, who opted out uh, in 2020. So even more uh, pass rushing and stuff on the outside. So. Yeah, this this defense could be incredible once again. Yeah, Garrett Crawl and Solomon Bird, like both on the D lines. It's 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 what we said about San Jose State on steroids. Like these two are incredible, and there's a great one-two punch at linebacker and Chad Mama and Easton Gibbs. Like good it, it, good luck trying to ever run the ball against Wyoming. Like just just don't bother. <laughs> just throw it every yeah. play and hope that you find a break. Because, like, their corner game is good, not great. That That is all that you can hope for because you're not going to run the ball against this Wyoming team this year. No. I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you, Air Force, but you, might have, <laughs> you may have to air it out a couple times. Yeah. Let me pull up their schedule real quick. Let's see what we're working with this year. Oh, I went to the school website. This always sucks. <laughs> oh, they host Ball State? That's what gonna do be you a, know? That's going to be a good game. How do you? How did Ball State fall into that scheduling snafu? They got to go to Wyoming right before they start conference play. Yeah, Wyoming has to go to Air Force, to San Jose, to Boise. Ooh, and they get a couple cupcakes at the end with Utah State and Hawaii. So I mean, you know, Wyoming, same as uh, same as Air Force, safe bowl team. I'd say that's that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah. All right. And so to wrap things up with, with the mountain West, because as we discussed, we don't need to talk about some of these teams. I don't need to tell you that Hawaii is bad. You should, you should know that Hawaii is bad and that they're going to be bad again. Like same goes for New Mexico. Same goes for Colorado state. There's a lot of teams that aren't going to be quote unquote competing this season. They'll technically have a team out there, but not much is going on, but we would be, we would be remiss to not mention uh, the good old Bulldogs down there in the Valley at Fresno State. Yeah. You know, always known as kind of like a, a fun offense type of team. And they got a Washington transfer at quarterback right now, Jake Hayner. I mean, he four 300-plus yard performances in six, in six of his games last year. I mean, and Fresno is a hell of a, of a receiving school. 
I mean, Jalen Cropper's back. I mean, how do you feel about this offense going into this year? I mean, Fresno is not a favorite by any means, but could be a dark horse in the Mountain West. Yeah, I'd, I'd call them a dark horse. I'd say they're right there with Boise in terms of consistency. Like, you know, Fresno State's going to be winning games every year. You know that they're uh, probably going to be bowl bound most years. Um, last year, they averaged 32 a game. Um, Ronnie Rivers is easily one of the best running backs in the group of five. Um, He's been at said, Fresno for fucking ever. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hater, as you said, consistent arm. All the wide receivers are solid. Really, the only thing uh, that needs improvement for the Fresno offense is, is that O-line, which allows 24 sacks uh, just in six games last year. So that's... Yeesh. Yeah, that's kind of brutal, but... Uh, oh, that's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they're bringing back most of them. Uh, hopefully experience helps. I'm not totally sure. Uh, but offensively, outside of their O-line, yeah, this this... Offense should should flow pretty well. Thirty two point eight points a game. I expect that maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Uh, but either way, it, it's going to be a good good offensive season for Fresno. Oh, absolutely! And the the defense is going to have to learn to be a, <laughs> a little bit less emotional. <laughs> and they they are the Giancarlo Stantons of college football defenses. <laughs> They were third in the nation in sacks, third out of everybody in total sacks. Yep. But if you just completed a pass that was more than 15 yards, it was probably going to go score. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that starts with a great pass rush with Kwame Jones and David Prelis. Pre Preels. Ugh, what a hard name to pronounce. Yeah. And and Kevin Atkins in the middle. That that three man front. I mean. The, the Mountain West has done a really good job recruiting defensive players because, like, those three, definitely not Kwame Jones, but, like, the other two probably belong in the Mountain West. Kwame Jones is a Pac-12-type talent. But, like, yeah, I, I really like their, their pass rush, obviously. They bring back their top 20 tacklers from last season. Uh, what do they need to improve to, um, to, to, you know, give the Bulldogs a chance in the Mountain West this year? Here's here's the whole a bullet point. Um, <laughs> improve the run defense. 212 yards per game allowed. Uh, they were last in the Mountain West in third down defense. So please, please get offenses off the field. Uh, <laughs> and as you said, that that pass defense also is not great. Um, they gave up 30 points a game as a whole, uh, and they allowed six. About six yards per play. Uh, so there's, there needs to be a lot. But at the same time, they got nine people returning. Uh, maybe experience helps a little bit. Or maybe just bad players leads to bad defense. I'm not totally sure what will happen. But uh, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it's kind of a question mark. I think they have the pieces to improve. I'm just not totally sure that they will. Yeah, that's that's a really good way to to put it. Like, I feel like they have some dogs, and they have the athletes to to be good. But I I don't know how much I trust it to actually like be a be a difference maker to like bump them at all. Yeah, and their schedule is not going to do them any favors. They have no. To go, they have to go to Oregon <laughs> and to UCLA. Like, I don't know what what AD needs to get fired. 
for putting them through a fucking ringer like that on purpose. Like they have to go to Wyoming, to San Diego State, and to San Jose State. Like Jesus Christ, man. That's luckily, tough. luckily you get to host Boise in Nevada. Yeah, that's nice, but like ooh, yeah, the rest what, of what it's a, just what a fucking meat grinder. At least they yeah. get a free win week one with UConn. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully Cal Poly, they can beat them. Cal Poly will probably put up a better fight than UConn. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. All right, so I think that'll about wrap up everything that we need to say about uh, the Mountain West. Uh, honorable mention um, goes to San Diego State, but, you know, known commodity, dealing with some turnover. I think they're just going to be a middle-of-the-road team. But yeah, we, 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 we won't leave, leave you guys out entirely. You guys run the ball too much, and we like running the ball in, in this podcast. So a little, little shout-out. Everybody else, shout out. Kick, kick rocks, you're going to be terrible. Yep, that so, sounds right. Moving on to the big boy conference of the West Coast, the pa- the Pacific 12, as Devin <laughs> likes to call it. <laughs> after We're dark. Gonna... <laughs> Pac-12 after dark, baby. No, I just want gonna... it to be Pacific 12 after dark. Pacific I, I wanna, 12 after I wanna dark. I want to drop the pack part. I just want a full Pacific 12. That works for me. <laughs> so we're going to start um, in the north where I think the only legitimate challengers for like the playoff are. So we'll get to the stinky little South in, hey, in a second, but hey now. what <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Continue on. Okay. So we're going to start with my personal team that I think is going to win the pack 12 this year, the Washington Huskies. Okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of what they're going with, what they got going on here. I mean, Jimmy Lake in his first year went three and one and like, should have won the North that it was such a fucking confusing situation. Yeah, it was. They, they were the best team in the North, but I, you know, we don't need to get into it. They, they bring <laughs> back all five starters on their O line, uh, including <clears throat> all pack 12 tackle Jackson Kirkland. He's going to be like a top 40 pick. Probably he'll, he'll be first round or early second. I mean, Dylan Morris back at quarterback, um, I'm, I'm excited for this offense. I think that they're going to be punchy on offense, but you know, I'll let you say your things about the offense, but the, the defense is why I have them as, as my pick. But what do you like about their offense? Well, I actually have a question for you. Are you going to stick with Dylan Morris or are you going to go Sam Bullard? Heward. Oh, is, the that the, is that their, fre- is that their freshman? Yeah. I mean, probably the kid. He'll, he'll probably end up taking the spot, but Morris is, you know, competent enough that he's he'll he'll do the job enough for him i just really love this defense that much that i think that they're the best team in pack 12 <laughs> yeah well uh as you said that I mean, the o-line's strong and headlined by by a big name in kirkland uh behind them two great running backs sean McGrew and richard newton uh they're gonna be pushing uh ball forward quite a lot and then uh really the wide receiver spot's kind of the question mark on offense um Needs to be they more got, consistent threats, like as far as like number one guys, but uh, overall, it's, they have talent there. Yeah, they got they got bit pretty hard by the transfer portal when it comes to receivers. They lost a kid to BYU. They lost a kid to Fresno. Like it, it's it's a tough situation, but they have one of the best tight ends in the nation, Kate Otten. So yeah, like the thing with with Washington specifically offensively is like uh, who can I compare them to? 
It's, it's kind of like old, back in the day, Bama. It's like if you score 17, you're winning the game. Like, yeah, they, they don't need to be anything lighting up scoreboards. But this defense, holy Christ. Trent, Trent McDuffie, their corner is one of my is one of my favorite like prospects that I've seen recently. That guy was NFL ready day one. The dude's a fucking beast. And like they, they have such a good pass rush. Zion, Tupula, Fatui. Oh boy, I, I practiced that one before we got on here too, and I just fucked that up. <laughs> it was pretty you got, close. You could have you could have couldn't have fooled me. Seven sacks last year. Oh man, they got to stop bringing on all these Samoans. <laughs> Edifuan Ulofosio is back. Here we go. Ed Rusher Ryan Bowman. That's easier. <laughs> and linebacker Jackson Sermon. Uh, they, they bring in a Texas Tech transfer at safety, Brendan Radley Hiles. Like Jimmy Lake can coach the pants off a of defense. And like this is. Oh my God. This defense is just fucking loaded. I bet they're going to have like four or five picks in the top, you know, three rounds again. Like this defense is just full of all-stars. Yeah. I mean, Washington hasn't finished lower than third in the PAC 12 in scoring defense since 2014. Uh, They're definitely a a defensive minded school. That's how I've always recognized them really is just, Uh, They usually have a really strong defense, okay offense uh, outside of, you know, one spectacular year from Jake Browning. And then he just disappeared off the face of the earth. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, as, as you said, this defense is just, is just great. Um, Really the only thing they have to improve on from last year is rush uh, rushing defense. They allowed 161 yards per game, but um, outside of that, it's, it's going to be pretty tough to, do anything on this Washington defense. They have some absolute fucking animals. They have a safety that's six three two ten. <laughs> Asia Turner. Like it's it's a horrifying defense to, to go up against. Like I think this is going to be legitimately in, in conversation for one of the best defenses in college football. I think that that award is obviously going to go to Georgia just because of the sheer terrifying amount of talent they have. But Always. Like, Best defense west of the Mississippi, I think, might belong to the, the team all the way on the west, the Washington Huskies. Like, they are that good. And they'll get a nice test uh, on 9-11 when they, tra- when they go over to Michigan, at Michigan. That's going to be oh, a huge game. They'll win yep. that. It's their first big test. What else do you want me to say? That Arkansas no. State's going to see if, <laughs> if no, they're ready? I, no, I, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying they'll win that. Yeah, I mean, they get Oregon and Arizona State at home and UCLA at home and Cal at home. Like, it's a very friendly schedule. Yeah. On on top of, like, them being, you know, my favorite. So, it's it's nothing but pluses for Washington. Are, are they your pick for uh, your team out of, the, out of the north or for the Pac-12, or do you got somebody else cooking? I got somebody else. On, in the north specifically? Nope. Oh, oh, you're big on a South team, huh? Oh, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll knock out the North before we get down to the dirty South. Oh, and yeah, so don't worry. When you, talk, when you talk about Pac-12 North, you got to talk about them Ducks. Yeah, let's, ta- let's talk about Oregon. Crystal Ball, who is obviously going to leave at some point. He's he's too, too hot of a name for Oregon. Going into year four, 25 and 10 at the school. 
uh, four and three last season, somehow ended up in the in the Pac-12 championship. And one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> don't ask me, but I'm, uh, you know, worried about the quarterback position. I don't know if you guys remember Anthony Brown, formerly of um, of Boston College. He and A.J. Dillon were were Eagles together at that time and kind of like read a, led a terrifying uh, rush offense. I don't think that he's exactly a fit as a uh, as Oregon's quarterback for what they like to do. Um, you know, Tyler show left for Texas tech and they have, um, they have Ty Thompson, the freshman yep. uh, waiting, in, waiting in the wings. So I think that we may see some changes through the season at quarterback, but I mean, pretty solid, uh, receiving core still. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about this Oregon offense going into the season? Yeah, here's here's the thing about Oregon. They have to find out what they're doing at quarterback and trust him by week two. Because at week two, they're playing Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Can't have any question marks in that game. No. You have to be on top of your game. Is Anthony Brown the guy? I really don't know. We'll find out. Uh the Ducks have been kind of, I mean, they get like a, a an NFL generational talent once every, I don't know, like five years. So we're kind of in that interim period right now. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, I mean, outside of the whole quarterback situation, you got CJ Verdell and Travis Dye, and Johnny Johnson, Jalen Red, Michael Pittman. I mean, Joe Moorhead has tons, tons of just talent to pull out the bag here. Um, yeah, people forget he's still the OC at Oregon. No one snatched him away yet. I, I know. It, it, I, I hope that either Anthony Brown figures out his arm or Ty Thompson just takes over because there's too much talent on this offense to have it let down by a, a less than admirable quarterback. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, there's a bunch of guys on this team that could make stuff happen. Um, maybe, you know, maybe he kind of pulls some tricks out of his bag with that. Maybe he, you know, does, does some end arounds and, you know, shit like that, uh, to get people just more involved and take the ball out of, I don't know, Anthony Brown's hand say, um, <laughs> all five, all five starters return on the all line. Uh, we got to remember Sewell didn't play last season. Correct. Um, so yeah, I mean, really the key to this offense is just figuring out that quarterback position because the defense should be pretty set. Oh, yeah. Uh, defensively, I worry about the depth of it, but they have they have the superstars for them to, you know, still be very comp- competent. Like, it all starts with Kayvon Thibodeau, who everyone has marked as, like, you know, the, the first defensive player that will be taken in the, in the 2022 NFL draft. But uh, Penny Sewell's brother, Noah, is a, was a five-star linebacker, and he showed out last year in yeah. his first, like, real time as a starter. Michael Wright is a, an outstanding cornerback. And, like, joining Sewell in that linebacking core is Isaac Slade, Matu, oh, God, Mata Uitia, oof, <laughs> and Mace Funa. Like, I don't know what it is about linebackers in the Pac-12, but, like, they, they can't find pass rushers to save their life if they're not Washington. But holy Christ, there's so many good linebackers in the yeah. in the Pac-12 this year. And the linebacking core is so, so solid for Oregon. It'll make them, you know, 
they'll, they'll never be bad on defense is what I'll say. Yeah. I mean, really the only reason they struggled last season was because they had a lot of players that opted out um, exactly on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, it will be interesting to see what uh, Tim DeRuiter can do uh, instead of Andy Avalos. Uh, I think that's kind of a, kind of a story to, to harp on at least this season because of just how great of a talent Andy Avalos is on defense uh, in terms of coaching. So uh, that's, that's like a slight storyline, but I mean, for DeRuiter to come in with, all of this talent, I, I feel like there's probably not much to worry about for him. Yeah, that's the, that's the exact point to make about Oregon's defense. It's too good to be mediocre. Like you, ha- you have too many mega recruits. You have too many like potential first round draft picks on that defense. And the same goes for the offense. There's there's too much good on this team for them to keep being middle of the road. Like you can't have all those players of that caliber and go four and three last season. Like you just can't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the, the issue is where where they're not finishing, but like, like you said, they they better figure something else out before week two with that trip to Ohio state. Like that's, we're going to really see what, what version of Oregon that we're going to get this season right then and there. That might be the biggest game of the season. Like up to that point, honestly. Oh, a hundred percent. I Georgia plays Clemson early. That's that's true as well. So that's I think it, I think it's a one A one B situation. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, outside of that, Oregon has to travel to Utah and to Washington, which is pretty unfortunate. But like, other than that, it's the North. There's not really that many teams that are you know competent no. up there at the moment. So you know they'll walk through most of it. Um, before we get out of the North, I think there's one more team that we need to talk about, and that would be the Cal Bears. Yeah. Uh, Wilcox is back again, lead, lead, leading the Golden Bears. Apologies if I just said Bears the first time. Uh, <laughs> he's 21 and 21 through four seasons. I mean, he is as average as you get, and I, j- I just keep waiting to see it happen for Cal because yeah. that defense, holy Christ. Their defense is terrifying. If Wilcox, if, if he doesn't work out as a head coach at Cal, he's going to make someone very happy as a, as a defensive coordinator if he gets fired. It'll be like a, like a uh, Arkansas situation where like there's no reason that Barry Odom should be their fucking defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> but they bring back Chase Garbers, who's been solid. Consistently getting better. <laughs> Yeah, he's been getting better, but like he, he's struggled with some injury problems. Yeah, and they bring back their top receiver in Kekoa Crawford. Um, but what what do you expect out of this offense this year? I mean, like they they notor- notoriously couldn't score seven points on TCU in the Cheez It Bowl back in 2019, <laughs> and we didn't see much better than that in 2020. So, like, should we see, no. should we expect a jump this year? Do we expect more disappointing performances? No, I, I think there's a jump. Uh, the key really is just score more, gain more yards, and generate big plays. So play better <laughs> offense. Um, <laughs> they've ranked last in the Pac-12 in yards per play for four consecutive seasons. They only averaged 20 a game last year, uh, and we're 11th in third down offense. So there's there's a bar that's pretty low that I think they'll be able to exceed this season. Um <laughs> They're bringing back four <laughs> linemen. They have pretty good running back and wide receiver rooms. 
Uh, and I, I think Garbers, as long as he's able to stay healthy, he should be able to make a pretty big stride this season. Uh, so I, I think Cal, they're not going to obviously win the Pac-12, but no. I feel like they, especially with the defense, um, I feel like they might be able to trip somebody up. I mean, the thing exactly with the Pac-12 is like they eat each other alive. I say that every single year. They ruin each other's uh, chances at the college football playoff. And yep. I know, I know, no team is supposed to just you know walk through the walk through their schedule or anything like that. Uh, but literally, uh, perhaps that's a good thing though. I mean, it's a competitive conference. Uh, you have to make it through it. California, while they're not that top tier, uh, they're just like a I'd say like a tier below. Uh, it's still at least good enough to be able to trip somebody up, I think. Oh, yeah. Like, you cannot overlook Cal ever, but I think specifically this season. And it's because of this defense that we're going to get to. And the Pac-12 likes to throw the ball. They're, that West Coast, like, really enjoys, you know, a, a good passing game. And good fucking luck against this secondary <laughs> man. I mean, Josh Drayden is a, a, an animal at cornerback. Elijah Hicks comes back at safety, and then they bring over Ray, Raymond Woody to play the other safety position from Florida State. Yeah. Like this, this secondary is going to be the strength of a defense that's already really good. I mean, bringing back 11 of its 12 top, top tacklers from the 2020 season. I mean, the linebacker core is great. I mean, are there any holes on this defense for Cal? Uh, just their D-line. Uh, it's fairly weak, and the depth is not very thick. So, uh, probably not going to be generating a whole lot of sacks and may struggle in the run defense. But as you said, through the air, they should, they should be pretty freaking locked down. Yeah. In the run game, they have two studs at linebacker and Kuoni Dang and Cameron Good. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's cleanup work. So obviously they're going to need more out of their D line. I, I agree. But, you know, there's there's a lot of potential in the back seven for, like, Cal to be pr- pretty legitimate when it comes to, you know, stopping the ball this year. Yeah. And so th- that'll about do it for the North. You know, we don't really need to talk about <clears throat> Oregon State. We don't need to talk about Washington State. Don't don't need to waste your time with that at all. But yeah, down, not this year. <laughs> down in the dirty south, uh, there's a lot of fun teams to talk about, and I, I think it's only fair – that when you talk about the Pac-12 South, you talk about USC. So we'll, we'll kick it off with the Trojans, and I'll, I'll just open the floor, Devin. Is is this your team? Is this no, your South team? No, boo. No? Screw USC, man. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you hating on the Trojans? I'm Outside gonna, of just Clay Helton being the most milk toast person ever. No, no. Growing up, growing up an Irish fan, it's like in my blood. I hate the Trojans. <laughs> we'll talk about them neutrally. How about yeah, that no. offense? I mean, Keaton Slovis is there's so many different takes on Keaton Slovis as like a potential as his potential as a pro. But for the time being, damn good college quarterback. And he's got Graham Harrell calling the plays for him. So I mean that's a it, it should be a pretty uh, scary offensive uh push from USC this season. Yeah, uh Slovis, I mean, as you said, it it's very on and off. Uh Obviously, one of the best quarterbacks in the NCAA. Uh, in terms of pro potential, it's like you see it and then you don't, and it just keeps kind of happening like that again and again. Um, 
he's got a talented receiving corp this year. He's got Drake London, Gary Bryant Jr., Kyle Ford, uh, bringing in Taj Washington as well from the transfer uh, portal. Really, yeah, the, the Memphis kid, right? Yeah, and Oof. really, what they need to do this season is take the weight off of his shoulders uh, because they couldn't run the dang ball last year. Uh, Marquis Steps a great running back, uh, but because of a lot of what was going on with their old line, uh, they only averaged 3.2 yards a carry, which is awful. Keep um, in mind, Marquis Step left for Nebraska. Right. Yeah. And so. Oh, you were uh, just talking about last season. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, they bring in Texas transfer uh, Keontae Ingram, who. Huge. Yeah. Huge. That, that should help a lot with their run game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, their O-line is the most important thing this year. They gave up 15 sacks last year. Uh, and as I said, uh, we're only able to have the running backs get to 3.2 yards of carry. So just overall, better offensive line play. And this USC offense should be looking pretty solid this year. Yeah, if they can protect Slovis, fucking watch out in that pass game because, oh my God, Drake London on one side and potentially being able to flex out Brew McCoy on the other. Yeah. Oh my Christ. And then Keaton Slovis throwing to them? If, if yeah. he gets time, like, how do you stop? How do you stop that one-two punch? Like on offense, like USC is in contention to be a big scorer, uh, but that defense, um, I worry about the front seven. But that <laughs> the corners were really good last year. They had a really good secondary last year. What is what is um, what's USC need to do this year to like? you know, balance things out for what can, what can be a really fun offense. Um, they need to figure out their linebacker play. That's, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. it doesn't, doesn't look super this year. There's no nothing about that, but, uh, the, the D line is solid. I mean, they got, uh, Drake Jackson on the edge and they brought in a pretty touted recruit, Corey Foreman, uh, to bolster that as well. Um, their, their secondary is, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's pretty all right. They're seventh in the conference in pass efficiency defense last year, which is about middle of the pack. Um, so not not too bad. Uh, if you want to be considered, you know, one of the, you know, USC always has high expectations um, as far as wanting to finish top 10, top 15. Uh, and the defense to me is really what has to has to figure it out this year. USC. Um, this is this has got to be this. Every year, I feel like we say this, but this has got to be Clay Helton's make or break year. <laughs> yeah, you'd think with all the talent that's on this team, like he has to at least win the South. It's got to be. I mean, I feel like every single year we're talking about, oh, is Clay Helton going to keep his job or not? Um, he's a great guy. <laughs> like, he's a great guy. I see why they keep him around. Uh, just his overall, just who he is. He's, he's a great guy, but. Uh, Sometimes that doesn't transfer to um, super success. Not not all the time. So uh, USC definitely has to figure it out, out this year, at least for Clay Helton's sake, uh, or else they're probably going to be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, there's a great infusion of talent from the from the transfer portal this year on defense too. So like, they're they're really out of options when it comes to like, oh well, maybe next year like. There, there's no reason that they shouldn't be winning at least the South this year. Um, with, with the way that the schedule shakes out, they got to go to Notre Dame this year. And then <laughs> a, pr- a pretty brutal stretch with going to Arizona State and going to Cal. 
which feels bad, but like, you know, the schedule is never going to shake out great in the South. It's the, the harder of the two to play in. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think we can agree do or die for USC this season. There's too much talent on that team for them to be anything more than a two loss team. I, I think in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. That's about the ceiling. Okay. I think that I know what team you're picking as your, you? uh, I, I think I do. Now do tell you? me if I tell me if it's a, a, a little school down there in Arizona uh, where a, a former NFL head coach is coaching. Would, would that be, Come on, would that Ryan. be your team? No. Come on. What? Come is fucking, on. Is it Utah? What, Give me who the do you U. like in the South? Give me the no. Utes. All right. Give we'll, me we'll, the we'll put a pause on Arizona State. Let's talk about the fucking Utes. <laughs> Give you me know what, the man? Utes. You go. You, you please inform the people on why Utah is the Pac-12 favorite for this a co-host is, of, of the triple option pass. This is my sleeper team of the season. Okay, Ooh. not just not just high, well, high on the use. Listen to this. They're Please bringing do. in Charlie Brewer. Now, I don't know if any of y'all seen something, but Charlie Brewer on a successful team, not that trash Baylor team that was last year, <laughs> is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Uh, and not to mention, they have talent just everywhere, just everywhere. Uh, they got uh, Britton Covey. At wide receiver, they got Brian or Brant Kuthi. I, I still can't pronounce that name. Uh, <laughs> they brought in transfers, um, uh, Munir McLean and Theo Howard, uh, to, to bolster the depth. They have one of the best O lines in the entire Pac-12. That's um, true. That's very true. The the running back situation is a bit undefined, but they have a lot of talent there with Tavion Thomas, Mike Bernard, Ricky Parks, T.J. Pledger. Uh, they brought a whole bunch of people in, uh, especially in terms of the transfer portal there. So uh, behind a strong O-line, it, as long as the uh, running backs are fairly solid, they're going to be fine. Uh, and their defense is one of, I mean, I think it's going to be one of the best in the NCAA. Uh, that front seven is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Um, last year, they, they held teams at 26 points a game. So, I mean, that's with some opt-outs and stuff. Uh but you also have to keep in mind, Utah had to replace all of their key players from one of the best defenses in the nation in 2019. And That's they were true. still able to hold teams 26 points a game. Uh, and they're returning eight of those guys, uh, especially Devin Lloyd at linebacker. Uh, the defensive linemen, which are Xavier Carlton, uh, Wadi Putuato, nice. Yane Moala, and Mike Tafua. Uh, that rank among the best in the Pac-12, of course. Um, the secondary is a little bit more questionable, but uh, Kyle Whittingham has just been fantastic at coaching up defenses. So there's there's definitely no doubt for me there. I think this team could be very dangerous this season. Um, I think Charlie Brewer gives them something they haven't had in a little while. And I think that could be something that pushes them over the edge, at least in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you said it all. I I should have. I'm glad that I just teed you up and let you go there. <laughs> so, so yeah, Utah has to go to USC this season, but gets Arizona State at home, gets UCLA at home, gets Oregon at home. It, it's shaking out nice for the Utes, especially down the stretch when things are really going to start to matter. 
Um, you know, I, I don't hate the pick. I, I think that it it's relying a lot on on some transfers and it's relying a lot on on hoping that secondary kind of comes together. But you know, hard to argue with how good that offensive line is. One, I think that hugely underrated on the offensive line. Those those, those cats can play ball. But you know, I like everything you said about Utah. I think that. Like I said, the South is the is the hardest of the two in the Pac-12, and Utah should definitely be making a push to be to be winning that that division in the conference, hundred percent. But I will agree with you on one thing, which we're about to get to, and that's Arizona State because they're going to be a pretty dang tough tough team to beat this year. Yeah, so this is all with the asterisks that we we assume that they're not going to hit get hit by NCAA sanctions this year. They're going to be able to play ball. Right. So for those of you not informed, um, Herm Edwards, I think, didn't know all the specifics about what you're allowed to do as a college coach. And I think there's pretty good evidence that he fucked up pretty bad and is, you know, <laughs> going to end up out of, out of a job here pretty soon. And a lot of kids are going to be deemed ineligible. But if, if we can if we can rock with um, with the current situation with the Sun Devils and nothing happens. How about this fucking offense led the Pac-12? Yeah. In scoring last season, I mean, buoyed a bit by their 70 to 7 ass whooping of Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> but they bring everybody back from last year. Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, is one of the most explosive dudes in all of college football. It, he, he is a lot of fun to watch play. Um, I, I don't know who their next, uh, who's their next star at wide receiver, though. I mean, first they had Nikhil Harry, then they had Frank Darby. Who's the, who's the next uh, receiver stepping up to be a star out there in Arizona State? I mean, I don't know. They got options. They got Ricky Parasol, Andre Johnson, Johnny Wilson. Uh, he's got plenty of guys to throw to. I'm not sure which one of Burgess uh, exactly, but uh, it, it'll be it'll be a pretty fun year for him. There's that to say the least. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the running game. Rashad White is a is a lot of fun, and they have a 230 pound back. By the name of Chip Trainum. Beast. Absolute hoss. And so they led the Pac-12 in rushing offense last year. I expect them to, you know, with with Daniels running the running the ball out of the quarterback position and that solid run offense. Who steps up next for them at wide receiver doesn't really matter. Like like you said, got the options, have so much to look forward to on offense. Defensively, uh, what what are you seeing out of them defensively? Do you think that they can keep pace and keep Arizona state in the conversation for the PAC 12 South. Yeah. I mean, they're first in scoring defense last year, third in yards per play allowed with only uh, about five and a half. Um, Jermaine Lowell is just a, a, a monster. Um, and it's, it's incredibly tough to get past Jack Jones and chase Lucas on the outside. Um, yes. Just, just the main thing I think is is rush defense. They weren't too good there. They allowed 183 uh, yards per game last season. So uh, that that would really be the only critique I have of this defense. It, this is a solid unit. Yeah, the thing with Arizona State is when when you think about them in this current uh, era, you you just think offense. You're just like, oh yeah, they yeah. put points up in a in a hurry. But yeah, they they are pretty solid defensively. Like. D- don't forget about Evan Fields in the in the secondary. They have a great linebacker by the name of Darian Butler. I mean, it's 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 a lot of they're bringing in an edge rusher from LSU, Trevez Moore. I mean, 
I, there's a lot to like about the defense. I think that there's a few too many question marks to be able to like, you know, pencil them in like the Utah's and the Washington's of the conference. Yeah. I mean, obviously that that's a high bar, but I think Arizona state has the potential to be like the Cal of the South, just yeah. more fun. Just like you see, like someone's going to be riding high and they're going to see Arizona state on that schedule and going to get tripped. Washington comes to Arizona or Arizona state goes up to Washington, November 13th. Talk about a trip up game. If Washington wins out through that point, they're going to be, you know, top 10 eyes, eyes on the playoff. Here comes Herm and the sun devils (laughs) trip you up at home, make you feel bad about yourself. The Arizona state is probably going to start the season until October 16th. When they go to Utah, here's how their schedule shakes out. Hosting Southern Utah, hosting UNLV, going to the completely rebuilding BYU, hosting Colorado, going to UCLA, and hosting Stanford. I don't think they lose any of those games. How many Utah teams did you just mention? What are they on some rampage against Utah? What is their deal? <laughs> no, they only played uh, only BYU. Oh, oh and wait, Southern sorry. Utah. And Southern yeah, Utah. Okay, sure yeah, shit. Southern Utah as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Utah, BYU, and regular Utah. <laughs> all all before October sixteenth. So yeah, they are they are going on a Mormon war there a little bit. <laughs> a Mormon war. <laughs> but I I don't think they lose a game until they have to go to Utah. I think that that's a pretty easy loss. And then Washington State win. And then the ringer, USC and Washington in back to back weeks. And That'll then be tough. Cupcakes, Oregon State, and Arizona to end the season. Like it or not, Arizona State's going to be in the conversation all season because, you know, they have a pretty easy schedule. I think they're going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. All right, and so we won't, we won't take up any more of your time here tonight, folks. We'll, we'll, we'll finish this up with someone that you have to mention every time that you talk Pac-12, and that's uh, our, our guy, Chip Kelly. He he's at the other Los Angeles school down there in UCLA right now. He he brings back his quarterback, uh, <clears throat> whose name is this kid, Dorian Thompson Robinson, yep. and who was he, super high level recruit. I don't know if I've seen enough from him to call him like a game changer or anything yet. But they bring back Greg Dolich or Dolchich. I mean, Demetric Felton's gone, which which hurts in both the running and the passing game. What a fun weapon he was. But bring back all five offensive linemen for what was the, the 12th most efficient running running offense in the nation last year, which is weird for Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was, you know, Mr. Air it out. So mm-hmm. is, is this year that he figures it out? He's 10 and 21 in four years at UCLA. Does something click this year? Ah. <sighs> It's so tough because I just want to say that he's washed. I yeah, want to say it, it's it. hard not to say that. Um, there's no reason at UCLA why he can't pull the same recruits he was pulling at Oregon, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, there's, there's not much there. of a reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's potential. I mean, if you look at their four losses. It only came by six points or less. Yep. Um, the defense has a ways to go. Uh, <laughs> but hey, but, you know what? They led the Pac-12 in sacks last season. 
yeah, it, it they improved. That's that's for sure. Uh, it's hard to get worse from that 2019 defense. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorian Thompson. I mean, he's pretty solid. It, I think a lot of what their season also, you know, kind of hangs on is is him. I mean, it kind of has been for however long he's been playing now. I feel like he's been a while. Uh, they bring in uh, Charbonnet from Michigan, which is an interesting addition to the offense. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I never know with Chip Kelly at UCLA, at least the UCLA version of him. Uh, it seems like they'll, they'll get a decent win, and then they just kind of fall off the map. Yeah, we, we throw UCLA in here as truly just a wild card, like more, more so than Arizona State and um, Cal, who are like potential trip-up teams. UCLA is really going to be a roller coaster of emotions this year. Like, they get Hawaii week one, and they're going to beat the piss out of them. They're going to beat them by like a solid 50 to 60 points, and then they're going to probably get trounced by LSU the next week. Like, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, like you said, the defense still has a ways to go. The offense is just – it's not what you expect from Chip Kelly. It's just not. And it's I, – I, like you said, I think he's washed. I don't think that UCLA ever gets it rolling underneath him. And this is just like kind of the, the last breath of the, of the Kelly era. I think they have to have yeah. a real conversation about moving on after this season. Yeah, but I agree. There's, there's enough talent and there's enough playmaking, both offensive and defensively that they I could really easy see and easily see them nip somebody who's having a nice season in the Pac twelve, stealing something that they shouldn't. Yeah, I mean who knows? Maybe they have a have a Illinois esque season from like twenty nineteen. Hey man, we don't need to talk about in, that. In in his <laughs> final in Chip Kelly's final stand, he'll he'll do a he'll do a Illinois. He'll do a Lovey Smith yeah, somehow. Man go bull bound and upset a team or two. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's brutal this year for UCLA. The, who they pulled from the North was Oregon and Washington. So doesn't get much worse than that as far as yeah. trying to put together a save my career season for Chip Kelly. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? That's who we drew this year. Yeah. Oh boy. But you know, a lot, a lot of fun out on the West coast. A lot of, a lot of late night games I'll be watching this year. With some with some very entertaining teams, both both Mountain West and Pac-12. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun, and um, really, the one thing I can say to the audience is support your uh, local local group of five teams as we get to start up this week, baby. Oh Let's yeah, go. week zero. Oh, yeah, week zero this coming Saturday, baby. Let's do it. It'll be so much fun. Of course, we'll be on the we'll be on the pod. Reviewing everything that happened, following that that week zero, um, you know, talking about everybody who played, what 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 we saw, gearing up for the big week one reveal with all the the actual heavy heavy hitters coming in. It's it's exciting, man. It, it's it's top season. Top season. We are back <laughs> in motion. Uh, do we have anything to plug today, buddy? Uh, not that I know of, at least not yet. I think, I think we've pretty much plugged out with the last one. So, uh, but as always, of course, of course, uh, give, give the running hook a listen. We got tons of talent. We got tons of 
tons of people drop stuff. Mainly right now, it's uh, us and Linsanity and Divine Rhyme in the rotation as of right now. Um, so anytime something's coming out, make sure to give us all a listen. Uh, we, we love doing this stuff. We do it in our free time. And uh, it's, it's definitely always a fun time. Absolutely, man. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to this season getting going and us. T- we, no more previews. Now we're talking about results. We're talking about things that happen now. Yeah. Best time. Best time, man. All right. So I think that'll do it for us. For my for my beautiful co-host, Devin Voss. This is Ryan Gregory signing off. <laughs>